It's time to go into auto reverse. I'm me and Matt. Where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on some Monday. What a band. And you know what? Not from our beautiful brains came the idea for this episode. It came from a listener, uh, Scott Baxter, who wrote to us. And, uh, you know, he, he's like, uh, he's, he's basically hit the nail kind of on the head. He said, you know, they had three amazing albums, uh, some, some of the best music you'll ever hear. And, uh, you know, he said you have to maneuver around the stinkers. But they're mo- most of their songs are amazing. You won't be disappointed. And I agree with Scott, man. There is, in the playlist, that really captures the essence of the best of the band, all the amazing songs. And uh, man, I tell you, once you dip your uh, your foot in the Shamande water, Shamande, sorry. It's Samande, Samande. Samande. I'm, you know Hold what? On. Hold on. Let's get that, let's get that straight. Uh, phonetically pronounced. Samande. S- Samande. 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 <laughs> dude, I'm the worst of this kind of stuff. So it's it's uh, it, these are not easy, easy no, words I'm to just, pronounce. Let's just put it let's call it what it is. I'm horrible at this. My brother is probably out there going, No, you're really good with languages. Nah, I'm really not. I'm not really. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, this this band is I mean, these are kind of my favorite bands to talk about in some ways because they fuse so many different styles into one recognizable style that is d- definitely their own. So when you hear them, mm-hmm. you like, that's Samande when you hear them. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, they uh, they pull together so many different things and, uh, and so the... And they pulled it together not in their home country, which probably influenced them as well. So they were all like, um, you know, Caribbean dudes living in England. And actually, there was a Nigerian guy also in the band, which you can hear in their music. Yeah. That influence. So it, the, having this sort of like band from different parts of, of you know, the, of the West Indies combined with a guy from Nigeria in England, so sort of like influenced by whatever was going on in England, like the sort of like rise of, you know, you know, the sort of post-British, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. all reggae, but also like the post-British invasion and po- and the sort of like still in the throes of psych- psychedelia. They, this, it was, it was perfect. It was like the perfect synergy. All those influences in a foreign land that was also creating its own form of interesting music and and boom and, and honestly the first record self-titled right is just it's one of my favorite records of all time it's definitely in the top i would say i hate to do this because I, I rarely do but it's in like the top 50 of all time so records. listeners uh, so listeners take mind of this because if he starts saying this <laughs> and we go over to, we're getting like 51 52 times that he said this no. heard their top 50 <laughs> you got to call him out on this because i have a feeling that's gonna I, I, I have a feeling that you say one your top 50 albums already about four or five times so it's possible it's, but, the list but, is it, honestly, but honestly but honestly it is because 
I remember, I think my introduction to the band was really through De La Soul. I, you know, I, right. there's all these like weird samples on Three Feet High and Rising. I was obsessed with that record. And I'm like, who the, f what the fuck is this? And I, I don't, I, I don't remember if it was a friend or one of my early sort of like hip hop buddies. They, I think they might have told me like, oh, it's this African band, Samande. They didn't even, they didn't even, they weren't African, but that's what they said. Right. And, yeah, you should check it out and <laughs> see why I'm, and I'm like, all right, cool. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I went to Tower Records on West Third Street and found it upstairs in the jazz section. That's interesting. In well, the jazz that makes section. Sense. That makes sense because like funk, uh, yeah. funk wasn't put at that in those days. Funk wasn't put into, or that kind of music wasn't put into rock. It was put into, and it didn't have its own section. It was, you'd find that mostly in, you'd find funk and other stuff like that more in jazz than in rock. Or even, or even like in world beat too. Like, uh, even though that's a hideous term, uh, you know, like that was another. That's another yeah. thing that they that they that they get pulled uh, pulled into. And there was a section, the the world beat section was was housed in, right next to the jazz section. So, yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting. And I picked up and I and I picked up that CD and I was just like I just listened to it over and over and over again, kind of like the Meters' uh, Funky Miracle. Yeah. Same same thing. I bought that CD Funky in the music, same yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or fun, no, I think I think the the greatest hits thing oh, that they had that, the three oh, CD set was oh, yeah. called Funky Miracle. Yes, it was. I it think was. so. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And so, and it, and I bought it in the same section, and possibly around the same time, like eighty eight, eighty nine, and um, I just kept listening over over and over again. And it's funny, my brother heard me listening to it, and then he went and bought a copy. So it became this this thing that defied, you know. I was, you know, I got there through hip hop, but it, it defied genre. It was just such a killer record, and that, and that's what, got, and that, that was it. I was sold. I was sold, and for the rest of my life, basically. Yeah, I remember. I remember the first time I heard them was on the in the movie uh, Crooklyn. Like I heard. Yeah, that. that's right. That's and right. That's the first yeah. time I heard Bra was that. And I was like, who is this? And uh, you know, at, uh, I think at that point you couldn't find out. Like uh, maybe it was I was still leery of the internet or whatnot, but I I didn't find out what it was and I didn't go by the soundtrack, but it, like the song stuck in my head. Funny enough, uh, I didn't hear it again until another Spike Lee movie, and that was Twenty Fifth uh, Hour. Like it was in there. Yeah, it's in it's in there as well. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, and that reminded me like, oh, who is this? Um, and then that's where I kind of I bought the first album, and um, I mean, well. Let's kind of take a step back. Like this was a band that kind yeah. of came together in '71, like you said, in in London, England. A bunch of Caribbean-born guys, uh, big band, like nine people. I think yeah. I, I read they were all self-taught musicians. Mm -hmm. um, which you can kind of, in some ways, you can kind of tell because they're more, uh, they're they're very good musicians, but there's there's more of a feel to their playing than there is proficiency if that makes any sense like a fo like a folkiness it's a yeah. folky yeah. folky vibe yeah. yeah yeah so it was uh steve uh scipio the bassist and uh patrick patterson were the, the the first two guys who started the band um and like you said it's like they combined all these kind of kind of merged their their roots um and different and other you know kind of kind of nascent 
music like Rastafari and reggae and then stuff that was starting to brew in in this in uh, with James Brown and in the in the states, uh, you know the funk and soul, like they they have um, you know it's kind of like another band, like the two. It's funny because there's I thought of the, the two bands uh, that we've covered on Auto Reverse, uh, Mandrill and Early Cool in the Gang, and there's mm -hmm. a lot, of, especially Early Cool in the Gang. They have those ho tight horns. Uh, they have that playful, funky uh, mm -hmm. rhythm. They got the bass that's really out in front, really thick mm -hmm. and heavy, and but kind of, like almost even kind of lush, you know. And they mm -hmm. just and great vocals and great, you know, great stylings. Like their songs are really not only catchy but they're fun and they have super. I mean, unlike Cool and the Gang, these guys are a little bit more thoughtful with their lyrics and. Not thoughtful, but you know they tend to get a little. There's a little deeper meaning in their their lyrics than I would say with Cool in the Gang. More, mm -hmm. they're kind of more in line with Mandrill that way, I would say. But um, yeah, this is a band that also, you know, and they toured with Mandrill. They toured with Mandrill. They toured yeah, with uh, they did. and Cool in the Gang. And Ramsey Lewis and a bunch and a few other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they actually made history. They were the first British band ever. To perform at the Apollo, did you know that? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that was an interesting thing, and you know, the mm. kind, their kind of music, and especially like you said, that first album and the second album is, is not maybe not as good. As but, good, but it's mm. very good. Um, yeah, it's still good. Yes, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like Promising Heights a little bit more than sec than the second album, but I don't know. Um, but you mean the third right the third third, third album yeah prom, promised Heights. yeah the third album the third album is uh it's got brothers on his side which is actually their most streamed song um that i i noticed when i was doing the spotify playlist that surprised me but then it made sense because it's sort of like a beat digger you know record collector song the, on the third album every everybody wants a copy of well, that to play to, well shit you know, to dj i yeah. i, I must have contributed a third of that because i've been playing that for the last week almost every day brothers on the yeah. brothers on the side brothers on the slide yeah <laughs> oh brothers is it brothers on the slide or brothers yeah, on the sli side slide oh on the slide okay Brothers on the side. What's on? What's up? What's the main meal? Brothers on the side. What's what's the main thing? Dude, uh, that's hilarious. I sound like a complete moron, but no, that's fine. No, you don't. I, dude, you just did what I do about fifteen times every episode. Mangle, mangle the words and names of things. Um, you know, brothers on the side. You know, there's a you know there's a lot of <laughs> brothers on the side. <laughs> Uh, oh. But like uh, Scott kind of talked about, you know, they kind of, um, they kind of had that, like those, those first three albums came out in succession, you know, 72, mm -hmm. 73, and 74. And, you know, they basically just fell off. They stopped touring and doing stuff. And then I think it was like 30 or 40 years till they got back together. Yeah, they. Uh, what happened was they just weren't very popular in England, and their records sort of charted in the states. And they were like on Soul Train, and like you said, they played the Apollo, and they did a bunch of tours. But in England, they were really not um, accepted, uh, and uh, and or or they didn't even they didn't they barely made a mark there. So I think that was like kind of a bummer for them, and um, you know, uh, they just 
they, you know, like a lot of these bands that we cover, they just broke up for lack of uh, tension and, well, and like, interest. Yeah, but, but we gave it a try. Yeah. 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 But then they changed, you know, then it changed when, uh, you know, hip, you know, hip, the sampling st uh, culture related to hip hop, uh, even uh, acid jazz and that sort of new wave of soul jazz funk in England in the, you know, uh, later part of the 80s, you know, like that, that kind of brought a lot of it back. And they came back because of it. Um, I think in like, I, I want to say like 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2015, they, they sort of made a comeback and were playing like Ronnie Scott's place and all that stuff. And it's cool, you know, but, um, but it's still, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't change a thing. That record, like the first time I heard it self-titled, every single song is a banger and every, and it was just so cool the way it was, you know, sort of like, um, the way the track listing was and the, and the subtleties of like a song like bra you know it's just like really just like it's beyond just funk and soul and jazz and psychedelic rock it's the blend of all those things and the subtlety of it all it really it, it was unique you know um and funky Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like that was, you know, early 70s. You'd think that they would, you know, even worst case scenario would have been a very strong opening act for a lot of bands, especially a lot of touring rock bands. Like that would be a good band to open up for you, get the you know, everyone moving and stuff. Like I, I trying to, you know, you know, I, we talk about this often. It's like, you know, there's really no secret sauce into becoming a, a a, a uh, successful musician other than luck you know <laughs> it's yeah like because yeah. they because you can't like the things that I've heard them play live on from YouTube like they're they're a great live band they're, they're tight they got their songs are per make a good you know they transition well from the record to playing live um, mm -hmm. you know they got they got a bit of personality and again like you know when you cover that round that range of like you know um rock african music west indie you know reggae funk soul mm -hmm. you know like if you could cover all those things and they they're not esoteric you know like no, there's nothing about their things that screams like you have to listen to it three or four times before you kind of get it it's like you get it right off the bat so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i just you know it could be a management management thing or whatnot i, I just you know you know, there's a, a mystery on a lot of these bands uh, because when you listen to, like, listening to our playlist uh, that you put together, a thoughtful playlist that you put together, dude, I've been, I've listened to that over and over and over, and, and my, my family loves it, I love it. Um, it's just a really good range of music to listen to. So, um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a hard band to kind of figure out where they went wrong, and maybe they didn't go wrong. It's just, timing i you know i mean maybe i'm going out on a limb here and just from my own experience please, please with, go on a limb yeah i think when you make music or support music that's 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's unique, but also kind of like truthful or, you know, uh, soul, soulful, truthful. It, it's it almost seems harder to 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 break, and that ha- and I think that has something to do with the people that are making it, in that they are. You know they they have this feel they have this this feel this this mi- it's like a mission that they're going to make it with this thing right and they're probably not going to make any concessions you know and and I think that does work for certain bands certain bands that are like that have have made it but generally the they don't bands that are like that that aren't willing to uh, make concessions to management, willing to make, to make concessions well, on right. their music. Conce- you know, I they they strike me as a band that just wanted to be Samande, and that's it. Uh, where I see a bit of a concession maybe is on the third record because it has a more like modern soul, yeah. almost like pre-disco vibe to it. But other than that, they you know I think it's hard when you're trying, especially when when you're not like a hit machine. You know where it like it's not like. Their their music is great and it's but it's almost like a complete work. So it's not just a song right. that's amazing. It's like it's like a it's a collection of songs that are amazing together. So and True. and I think it's just harder to break that. I like I said, there's bands that do it and that were doing it, but I think I just see bands, especially nowadays and maybe even to a certain degree back then, bands that that made it had like they were you know they were you know astute in terms of like maybe like oh we're gonna really push this particular single or we're going to we're going to um get together with this songwriter to write a a separate song that you know like like look at the zombies look at look at yeah look at the zombies for example odyssey and oracle another 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 record that makes my top 50 easily right okay think of that record it's great no, people don't really heads know it, right? They right. they know that shit's the you know the shit, but think of what happened there. One song on there that is almost completely unrelated, right? Uh, time of the season is it time of the season? Uh, yeah, time of the- maybe. yeah. I think maybe. it's time of the season. It's it's and it it got tacked on, right? It wasn't even a, an original. I don't think it was originally part of that record. That was the hit, right? That that. Well, that and happens they, often. They you had, hear that all the time, yeah. Yeah, and 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 they had already broken up when it was a hit because they were they were so specific. They had done such a very focused thing; it wasn't working for them in terms of like, getting the attention and and accolades and money. And then and then they broke up. But then the album comes out. That's tacked on as a la- the last song on the album. That becomes the hit, right? Do, do, and it and it's and it's almost unrelated to the rest of the album. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is. Sometimes albums or or complete works from a band or an artist, me and you and other people as we reassess know that it's the shit and it's 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 killer. It should it should be in the Library of Congress and should get things like that happening. But for the regular record buying music listening public, it's a, it, it can be a stretch. Well, That's okay. the point I'm making. And like I said, I may be wrong i may be right but that's just how it feels to me it may be crazy okay maybe i'm crazy yeah uh so here's my counter to that and and i'm gonna pull in uh someone who we, we did we did uh, a look at uh, a couple weeks ago can 
Like, mm. you know, when I look at Shamande versus Can, like Shaman, but their sound is like a sweeter. It's like caramel, whereas Can is like fucking haggis. So I understand, yeah. like I understand that if, if there was some delay in appreciating Can, because that is like something hard to really kind of take in, because they're trying, they're really going out on a limb to do their own thing, and it works. For, it works. We like it, but at the time, I understand like what in the fuck am I listening to? Whereas, Shawande, while they while they are bringing all these things and making a stew that never one has has tasted before. It's made with flavors that everyone recognizes. Like there's the funk. Oh, you know, there's that flavor. There's the soul. Oh, I recognize that. Oh, there's a rock thing. I see it. The African aspect or reggae stuff. Well, that's that goes down smooth. It's not. It's not going to tax the taste buds when you try it. So, mm -hmm. I think the and, and the song bra like that is a very easy to like first listen song. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you have to kind of sit with to say, well, you know, it, it kind of wore me, it, you know, after a couple of weeks, I started to like it. It's like a cool song off the bat. So I feel like this band, that's where some of the confusion is like, yeah, they blended a lot of stuff together, but they put in this package is like, you eat it first, you say yum, and then you go, what are these flavors? It's like, it's something that it seems a lot better that goes down a lot easier and could have been made for people to like. Could have been distribution, could have been just, you know, the bands that they toured with were, you know, not big at the time. They were, you know, none of these, maybe none of these guys were at the height, like maybe Cat Patty LaBelle when they toured with her. She wasn't, you know, she, she wasn't at her height of her, you know, pop, I would say in early 70s, she wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, Cool and the Gang at that point was still, they were still doing their instrumental shit. So, you know, Mandrill is... You know, they're not, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I would expect them. Yeah, they're not going to be as as big as James Brown. And but I would thought they were going to be a little bit bigger than, than they were in terms because they made music that was radio friendly. Uh, and that mm -hmm. first album is is like you said, is no joke. I think it also had something to do with the label they were on. Janice was oh, also right. kind That's, of like, isn't that a chess? That, which is a cool, which is a really cool label. They've I own lots of records that came out yeah. on Janice, but the reason I own them is, is they're kind of oddball, cool records. So of of most of the, that catalog was not big, uh, and I believe Janice was a, a British label that then would license their stuff to the states, like mm -hmm. here and chess, there. Chess affiliated with chess. I think they may have at some point or MCA. I don't. I don't. I'm not positive, but it, that's the thing. I think that was definitely an esoteric label in that they put out when they they would put out Simone, but then they put out some real dirt rock or some electronic weird electronic sort of early electronic shit. So that the label itself was esoteric, even if Simone wasn't. So if they would have waited a couple of years and maybe got on Island, maybe that would have been. Or a, maybe, yeah, yeah, that would have like been something. They made. They could have made a home somewhere that would have understood what they were doing a little bit better, or there were other bands on the label that were more simpatico to what they were doing. Kind of like because Janice was all over the place, dude. They, you go back and look at their yeah. catalog. It's like, it's like singer songwriter, then them, then this band that sounds like early free. It's just like all over. It's all, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. 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 They. Uh, you know. And 
fortunately for them, I'm probably they're probably not. You know, they probably didn't start because they did. They did become a huge. Uh, they're part of sample culture. Um, mm-hmm. In the 80s and probably 90s, I'm sure your stuff will still be used because I mean, you, you, listening to the playlist, you get through, list, you know, um, songs and you're just like, oh, that's that's a killer little riff there, that's a killer little beat, there, you know. And mm-hmm, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. still being used today. I don't, I don't even know if they. I mean, I yeah, I could see it in a, a episode of of like Fargo if it hasn't already been used there. I, you know, I could see it just like <laughs> being sampled for tel- television because it it just has it just has that you know that that swagger you know it has that feeling of like all right now now this comes on and it changes and it goes so it's like if the if the writer or director of the of the movie or the tv show wants to wants to change the vibe of a scene you know and introduce a new scene if you, you want to do that and you, you just put a Simone song on it and it'll, it'll happen it, even if it's slightly poorly written on the on the in the show that's not poorly written so you could you know it that's where that's where these people use music effectively right i think so well yeah. I, we have you know again this was something that uh, this is definitely a band that was that is auto reverse friendly and was something that i'm glad scott recommended and wrote into us because uh, i thoroughly enjoyed kind of reacquainting myself with shamande even though i'm been i've been butchering the name all <laughs> <laughs> all episode maybe i'll do a, a really weird uh, overdub when i'm putting doing the editing but thank you scott uh for for this recommendation because this was truly truly worthy uh of our time and attention and you know our, if it sounds like our standards are high it really isn't so let us know <laughs> you know write us in you know auto reverse pod at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook or instagram and let us know you know what band you want us Definitely. to check out check out uh, because you know we're we're like we're never short of ideas but we're really more interested in hear what everyone else wants us to talk about because you know that's the part we enjoy so definitely hit us up all right until next time all right peace